The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday to... November 24th, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 68. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick and Amber joining me. Dave will be joining us in a moment once he finishes with his walk-off with Coach McCarthy. Uh, Let's start first, Nick, with a 68. Doug Free. Doug Free. I think. Is he one of the most maligned players that really didn't deserve to be maligned no. in our time here? There's more, but he's in that category for sure because he was a pretty solid player. Yeah. But, yeah, he's just he's one of those guys. People that hated just, him. Yeah, they didn't like him. He was a pretty good player. Yeah. I think he's 68 now. I'm kind of – now I'm a now little – Now you worried? He may not Chris, be. Chris, is he 68? Crawford Kerr. Yes, he was 68. Okay. Thank you, Chris. I was, I was man, Our trusty producer. Crawford Kerr was my backup because, you know – I've never heard of him. No? Crawford Kerr? No. Yeah. I heard him. Played is, in the 80s. He guard. I mean, obviously, with tailback. 68, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah those, are, those, <laughs> are my, those are my only 68s that I got there. Matt Lair. Remember him? Yeah, I do remember Matt Gosh. Lair. <laughs> guard center. No, I was, a, I was actually a fan of Doug Free on the field, and I know there were so many fans that just always had something to say about him and his false starts and whatever else he had going on. But I thought he was a solid player. Pretty good player for the Cowboys. All right, um, let's talk a little bit about. I Google best mm-hmm. player at number sixty-eight, mm-hmm. and this article came up. Nobody better than Bigfoot at number sixty-eight, defensive end Dennis Harrison. Who? Some guy that Dennis for the Cowboys was for the Eagles. Oh, oh, oh across oh. the league, sixty-eight. Oh. I got nobody you. popped up. For that me. also tells you something else, like. If, if that's the best, sixty eight that's the best sixty eight in the history of the league, then yeah, gee, yeah, and not to say he's not a good player. I don't keep up with with yeah, Eagles history, a but Sports Illustrator, article. yeah, but I wouldn't. I, I definitely don't. The name doesn't ring out to me. Mm. Um, let's talk about the 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 four player. There are four players the Cowboys have been missing here over the last game, um, and I wanted to talk about these four pe- these four players from the standpoint of what the Cowboys miss in not having them. It does look like maybe Tyron Smith uh, may be back this week. But let's first start with him and talk about what have the Cowboys missed not having him on the field the last three and a half games. Well, Dak Prescott can go back to pass and turn his back to that side and not feel like he's going to get hit. I mean, that's... Do you think that affects Dak in a way? Obviously, it affects everybody. But do you think that's maybe some of the things that we've seen in two of the last three games where Dak just didn't seem to be himself? Probably. I mean, I, I would I would imagine. I mean, Tyron Smith is is one of the best left tackles in, in, in I mean that we've seen in decades. I mean, he is he's that good. And so there's got to be a, a comfort level when you when you know he's there and he's playing. You know, now now he gets beat sometimes. I mean, he gets beat every once in a while, but for the most part, I mean, I, yeah, I think it just locks it down. And then everything else kind of trickles down. The left guard can be a little bit better, so it helps everybody around him. Um, and you just don't have that when you have Terrence Steele or really anybody, even Inseki over there. So, yeah, it's it's probably just more of a comfort thing, one. And two, just he's locking it down. Amber. I mean, yeah, of course you're going to miss a guy like Tyrant Smith in the lineup, but at this point, I feel like I, I am at the point where I will never use that as an excuse anymore. Like, oh, they're missing Tyrants. After so many years of this happening, you would think they got it down. And I, I know that they have Terrence Steele, and he did a good job. And now you got a shuffling going on with Lyle Collins back and then uh, what's happening with Connor McGovern there. But it's just – and I'm sure it's difficult. It's easier said than done especially from me looking from the outside. But it just seems like you would think they got it figured out that when something like this happens, it's not such a drastic change. But, uh, I mean, it always affects anyways. And last game we saw (laughs) – 
<laughs> Dak running for his life continuously throughout that's the game. That's funny to us. It wasn't funny to Dak, but that's funny to us, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, we I, I wasn't laughing in the game, <laughs> watching the game, but it's just, it, it's, I really thought they would play a lot better, yeah. but it wasn't the case. Yeah, I think that uh, Tyron Smith being uh, out, that that's really affected this offense in a way that I didn't think it would as much. Um, I thought Terrence Steele would be able to be adequate on the left side because I think he's been pretty good on the right. And I just don't think after watching these games, I don't think he is. I think he is a right tackle. Um, I don't think he is a swing tackle necessarily. I think he's a right tackle uh, that might be able to give you some good quality starts, maybe be at a point where he can be a starter full time for for us or for any team uh, at right tackle. I don't think he's a left tackle. Uh, let's talk about Amari Cooper. What did the Cowboys miss by but, not having? Go ahead. I mean, this is going down the line a few games down, but let's say okay, Tyron comes back this game, he's fine, whatever. But then. Towards the end of the year, something else happens where he comes back out. I mean, do you think they still go with Steele rather than – and we've talked about Lael kind of them flipping. I mean, is, is that so hard when you – and I get yeah. it, you're used to being – but is, is as a pro player, is that so hard switching sides? I think it is. Yeah, apparently. I've never played it, but I would think it is. Yeah, I mean – Apparently it is, and and I don't think Lyle Collins is is wants to do that. Like I don't think I think he's made it pretty clear he doesn't want to do that, um, and I, I don't think they feel like he can do it as well. It's it, there's it's a different type, it's a different drop. There's a little bit more athleticism you see on the left side. I think Terrence Steele is probably a better athlete, I would say, than than Lyle. So it makes more sense there. Uh, and and I think that the fact that they didn't move Lyle, there's a couple of reasons for that. And I think one of them is the fact that they just expect Tyron to be back when he, you know, when he he has been. So it's two or three. It's a short-term injury. I think Steele's the perfect swing tackle there. And, and you still have Inseki. They're not letting him go. So they they've got some options. They their tackle situation is is better than I would say a lot of teams in the league. Just from the backups have at least. 15, you know, probably 17 to 20 starts among them. The two backup tackles, that's pretty good. But I, I do think, I will say this, I, I think that um, I would at least give it some thought if you get into that kind of scenario where you lose Tyron for another couple games or so toward the end of the year. I would really consider Ty and Secchi, as you were talking mm-hmm. about, Nick. Um, I, I just, and maybe here, here's the one thing that could be a caveat. Maybe during these next several weeks, if Tyron is healthy, maybe they find some opportunity to get steal some work and practice at left tackle. So he continues to work there. Maybe in continuing to work there, if some if it comes up where he has to play later in the year, maybe he's better than he is now. The one thing I will say about him is there were times last year we thought he couldn't play, like literally couldn't play, and he figured it out on the right mm-hmm. side. So maybe with more time on the left, maybe he can figure it out on the left. Uh, but right now, what we've seen. That's not good enough for playoff football, in my opinion. I don't think the I think the Cowboys would be very handicapped if they had to go into a playoff game with uh, with Terrence Steele at left tackle as he has played so far. Uh, let's talk about Amari Cooper. What did they miss by not having Amari Cooper on this scene the last week? They missed. Uh, or did they miss him? Oh, yes. <laughs> really? Well, I, I think the question is a fair question. Just I mean, go back a, and watch the it's game. It's a fair question if they missed him more than they missed uh, Tyron Smith. I mean, that, okay. it, it was it was they missed Tyron Smith big time. Amari Cooper to me was just as much missed, and he'll be missed wow, in okay, this game just as much, just as much because he is an outstanding route runner. He can he gets open. He he figures out a way. He's I think he's the most quarterback friendly receiver they've had in many years here. And even though his stats aren't always great, the fact that he knows exactly where he's going to be, he runs like I said runs these great routes and it helps the other guys kind of do their thing. He was missed in that game. You know, see CD's a little bit more. I wouldn't say a freelancer, but he's 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 more, you know, just just kind of uh uh, more of a big play type guy, and, and, and you know maybe he doesn't have as much separation, but he'll go and make the play. Amari, this just the precision of him running routes, I think, really helps the quarterback, and and they missed that in that game. They needed somebody to kind of calm down, third and six, get over, get a first down, move the chains, keep it going, and just his demeanor is is so good out there. Yeah, and just his presence allows CD to mm-hmm. be able to make those. 
impressive catches that Nick was talking about. And the crazy thing about Amari Cooper, he's Cooper, he's the type of player that to me, sometimes he goes a little unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's quiet, but he'll make plays. But then, that's the the greatest thing about him. He's like all of a sudden you see him. Oh wow, there's Amari. And sometimes you tend to forget about him. But clearly, we saw it in this past game how important his presence, regardless of him being the target play targeted player. It's I think they would have played so. And I say this given like everybody played bad and there were drops and all that, but I think that having him on the field would have at least made them play a little bit better. Yeah, I, I wonder, and I, I think we're going to get to see a little bit of that this weekend. It sounds like Tyron Smith will play this weekend. If he plays, we'll get to see, because I really think Tyron was really the – the big part of why they couldn't do what they wanted to do more so than than Amari. That doesn't and don't get me wrong. I think Amari is a valuable asset for this team, but I do think losing him for a game, you should be able to. Your offense still should be able to put up big points. I think the problem was they lost him, and they also didn't have yeah. that left tackle, and that I think was well. Was a and then you can go and, and then they started. And then you change. They halftime. started the blitz that more even more in the second half. I mean. Our, you know, they, they trusted their corners that that they weren't going to get beat by Gallup, Noah Brown, uh, Cedric Wilson, and they, you know, those those guys aren't going to just continually beat the secondary, and so it worked out perfectly for the Chiefs because they were able to just keep putting the pressure on a line that couldn't handle it, and they didn't have to worry about really getting beat over the top or really anywhere. How much have they missed, or what did they miss by uh, not having Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence for the for as long as they've been out at this point? But you're just missing badass pass rushers. I mean, I mean that's just what it is. And now Mike has been helping some, but Mike, I mean, you you can't have enough. I mean, like like Micah can do his thing from wherever, and Randy on this side, and you just can't block them all. And then that's what they've missed. And then I I, I still think that Michael will go back to being a linebacker at some point. But still, he's going to. His comment yesterday, huh? Did you hear his comment yesterday? He yeah. said, "Yeah, they can have back all those chips." I'm yeah. good with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like no pass rusher likes to get chipped. No, he's finding that out. That no, he, he he let him be a, a roaming linebacker, a, a blitzer, rusher, all that. Yeah. That's where I think he's going to be the most effective and I think that's where it sets up well for this roster uh, but they, they anytime you're missing a good pass rusher like Gregory D-Law's a great pass rusher he's also a great run stopper as yeah. well they're just missing their their best defensive ends I mean that no team is going to lose their both ends and be be good the Cowboys have been fortunate there but also I mean they're they're missing some in the linebacker Keanu Neal and, and Leighton Van Der Esch aren't the greatest inside linebackers right now yeah. and and that's the interesting part these this defense has actually played pretty well without the two of their best defensive players, and that's I think the most most amazing part about it. Yeah, this. I thought they were not gonna be able to play the way they that they did without those two guys, especially without Randy Gregory. But I think that if the offense continues to play like let's say they go in this week and play kind of similar to what happened last week, oh. I think I mean that that's where maybe you do miss. Uh, got the, that kind of pressure there to create maybe more turnovers to give your the ball back to the offense to allow them to create whatever they can on the field. But yes, definitely miss those guys, but definitely impressed on what they have been able to handle without them so far. Joined by David Hellman. Dave, I'm going to throw this question to you. We're talking about the four players that the Cowboys didn't have last week. They're star players. Which of those four players... I'm talking about Tyron Smith, Amari Cooper, Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence. Do you think they missed the most? In that specific game, I if if I could go back and play it again with just one of those guys, I would want Amari Cooper. Um, I know the offensive line didn't hold up very well, but I think a big part of that was, again, we talked about it earlier in the week, like they couldn't separate downfield. They're, I don't think there were things open for Dak. I think not having Amari allows the defense to key on CD. Then you lose CD, and now nobody's afraid of anybody. Um, no disrespect to Michael Gallup, but like I think they're willing to just man him up. You don't have to worry about diverting extra attention to him. Um, I, think, I think Amari Cooper does a lot for this offense, even if he's not being targeted. You can see that on tape if you watch teams focus on him. They know that he can hurt them. So um, I think he could have changed the trajectory of that game for sure. Most important? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that they're 50-50, but I, I think that 
uh, Steele, you know, can can hand, I mean, he he struggles, but he's still like I don't think it's a it's as much of a drop off as especially because of what happened, just losing CD and Amari. That's like I said, there's he's a, just a quarterback friendly guy. Bill Belichick told you six weeks ago when they played that game, I mean, he went and he tried to take him out of the game. So um, you know, he they understand just how important he is, and he's just a chains mover, and and he takes the pressure off some of the other guys. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. We're going to talk a little bit of Vegas defense versus Cowboys offense. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then let's get to... To work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. <laughs> well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting Cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. All right. This holiday season, you can visit the star... Okay, here we go. You can visit the star to get your photo with Santa presented by Monument Realty. Santa Claus will be at his Cowboys-themed cottage at the Star District across from Ascension at the Star Boulevard, November 26th through December 24th. Visit stardistrict.com slash Santa. What happened to Dave reading these? I don't know. Good question, boss. I don't get them sent to me, so hmm. well, like we can change right. that easily. I thought Nick had just like he I was washing his that. hands of this whole thing. After I think that Nick day. does a fantastic job. Yeah, well, Dave was amazing though too. That's though. what I thought. Yeah. yeah, if you make me do it, I'll just get more and more like <laughs> facetious with every read. I'm just like it might be pretty fun. It might be pretty fun. Is it Santa? I just think it's the end. So I'm gonna start doing a terrible job and, and then, then see what happens. No. All right. Uh, welcome to the show. We're in the second segment of the break live in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We got Bucky Brooks of NFL Network joining us. Bucky, it is the day before Thanksgiving. We got uh, Thanksgiving football tomorrow. Cowboys will take on the Raiders. And uh, so let's start with their defense and give me an idea of what this defense can do when they're on and tell me what can, can get them flustered to. Look, man, this is a defense that's really static. They don't do a lot. They just kind of line up and play. Um, it's again like just kind of driving by the neighborhood, seeing a bunch of iron deer on the lawn. They don't do much of anything <laughs> to try and trick you or That's pretty uh, funny. or fool you. And so, and so what they what they want to do is they want to make it real simplistic for the team to allow their players to play fast. Um, they have some good players, particularly in the front line. Uh, you think about uh, Yannick Ngakwe is back to playing at a high level because he reunited with Gus Bradley. Max Crosby is the energizer bunny at the front line. Denzel Perryman is a tackle-to-tackle uh, playmaker on the inside. And then they have a cornerback, Brandon Faison, who's actually playing really, really well for them. So it's a, it's a solid maybe defense, but they're not going to do a lot. And so it's about execution. It's not about trickery for them. Well, you wrote in your uh, Five Bucks article that they, they've got a blueprint they can go off of now. So you, you say that the blueprint to beat the Cowboys is now out. Can you explain that a little bit? 
Well, I mean, look, the blueprint has been out. Like, I mean, people are going to line up and they're going to um, play uh, with four-man rush. They can play seven in coverage and they can play man-to-man. And what they're going to do is they're going to dare the Cowboys to be able to win uh, on the outside. And the way that people are playing man-to-man, they're playing what they call man-match, which is basically man-to-man on vertical routes, but it kind of goes into a switching zone. Did we lose him? I think we're... we don't have Amari Cooper. No. Mm. You there, Bucky? Hello? Yeah, we got you. Yeah, I can hear you. Now I was okay. talking. I can hear you. Yeah, we lost you. We lost so, you right after you were saying so we that you were talking have... about mixed, uh, mixed uh, match man. So go ahead. Yeah, so, so when you have man match, what they do is they're able to take away the stuff on the outside while also handling all the crossing routes and the things that happen inside. And when you don't have guys that can separate, uh, like when Amari Cooper's on the sideline and you only have C.D. Lamb, it just makes it easy for the defense. And what we also saw is they were able to line up and get one-on-one matchups on particular offensive linemen to be able to defeat him. And without Tyron Smith, there is some vulnerability on that offensive line. So, yeah, the blueprint is out. Now, do you have the personnel to be able to deal with it? That's another thing. But the blueprint is definitely out on how to best play the Cowboys. The Raiders employ a young man that a lot of people wanted to see in Dallas by the name of Trevon Merrig, the safety out of TCU. Uh, how's how's he playing this year, Buck? I mean, he's fine. I mean, he's been he's been solid for them. But, you know, they haven't been in those favorable situations where they can really allow the safety to be an impact player, meaning you have to be up so you can force uh, the quarterback to throw against loaded coverage, then allow Merrick to be able to do his thing. He's a really solid player. I thought I liked him a lot as a as a prospect. Has he been a difference maker for them yet? No, he hasn't. He's a solid player in the back end, one of their better players, though. If you're the Cowboys after the way that they lost against the Chiefs and in a short week like this one, what would be your, your main focus in improving the offense for this game? Uh, back to basics, I would say less is more. Uh, doing fewer plays, fewer concepts, fewer things where the guys have to think and placing a greater emphasis on just being uh, great when it comes to the execution part, that's what I would focus on. Um, I don't think this needs to be kind of a trick em game. I think they need to line up and make sure they remember who they are. They're at their best when they're a balanced team. Whenever it gets way out of whack and Dak is throwing uh, two times more than they're running, it's a problem. They need to make sure that they remember to run the football. I'm not saying that you have to run on first and second down. But you got to make sure that you have enough rushing attempts to make the defense defend all aspects of the offense before you kind of become this pass-happy team. Hey, Bucky, when you were just talking about the blueprint that's out there on how you defeat this Cowboys offense, uh, I was looking at some of the stats around Vegas, and as you said, they don't do much. They are actually they they blitz the least in the NFL, but at the same time. They're fifth in quarterback knockdown. So they get after the quarterback. They're right at right out of the top ten in uh, in sacks. So my question for you is how knowing that and knowing that they try to get pressure with the front four uh, and do a pretty pretty good job of doing that, how does Dallas try to defeat that? We we haven't seen them be successful against those two teams in the AFC West who have done similar things. How do that how does Dallas beat that? You gotta be able to run the football and put it in manageable situations. Uh, one of the reasons that the other teams have been able to have success against the Cowboys is because they were able to kind of dictate the turns because it was a bit of a, a little more of a one-dimensional approach that the Cowboys took. When you run the ball, and run the ball on mixed down. So it's not always first and ten run. Sometimes it may be second and seven run the ball. Um, you have to prevent the defensive coordinator being in what we call an always and never situation, meaning, hey, it's this situation. They always do this. They never do that mm-hmm. because then it plays to their favor. And so it needs to be balanced. It needs to be diverse. And he needs to get out of his normal play calling pattern to keep them from teeing off on the passing game. And when you run the ball at the pass rushers, it takes a little steam off of those pass rushes. So you got to be able to run the football and run it at them early and often. Buggy, this, this goes back to what you said at the top about them being kind of static I think it's interesting, like Gus Bradley was the DC in Seattle before Dan Quinn, and both of these guys kind of got kind of got that cover three reputation. But we're seeing way more than that from Quinn. But I mean, from the sounds of it, I mean, is, is Gus Bradley just sticking with what worked eight years ago? I mean, is it that easy? And and if so, why do you think they're not a little bit more adaptable than they are right now? 
Well, I think I think two things. Um, I think one, Dan Quinn was the head coach in Atlanta, and the last few years when he took over as D coordinator, he got his back beat out. And what he did is he took that year off to go and reinvent himself and decided that he needed more diversity in his game in terms of how he called plays, what they utilized, the coverages, and those things. Gus Bradley has added more to the repertoire um, because he felt like, in talking to him, he felt like Pete Carroll always wanted them to be in cover three because they always wanted the middle of the field close. Uh, Gus Bradley has spent time with Monty Kiffin, and he believed that cover two would help them at times. So you'll see some split safety looks and those things, but whatever it is, they're not really disguising it. They're going to line up and show it because they want their guys to know exactly what they're in so they're confident they can execute it. Sounds like Cowboys football for the last <laughs> – sounds a lot <laughs> like what we watched years. for yeah. the last few years. Yeah. yeah. Amber, you got some? Um, I guess if they win the coin toss, uh, what do you do? you go out and try to make a statement <laughs> or you defer? You know, it, it's funny because normally I'm always like, no, nah, we're deferred to the second half. But – if you're a team that's really looking to juice up the game and kind of put the Raiders on the heels, you take the ball, you mix up the tempo, and you want to make sure that you play from in front. The Raiders' best opportunity to win the game is if they are playing with the lead so they can dictate the terms. Their best defense is their offense. So when Derek Carr gets out and gets into a groove, they get to going, that's how they play well. So if you can put the Raiders in a hole early, it disrupts everything that they want to do. And because they don't have what I call a playmaking defense, that's the best way to attack them. Go at them, go at them early, um, and kind of hit the ground running. So, yeah, take the ball, go after it. All right, give me a prediction for this week. What do you think is going to happen Thanksgiving Day? Look, man, I think this is a very important game for the Dallas Cowboys, not only because you came off a loss against the Kansas City Chiefs, but the Philadelphia Eagles are beginning to kind of find their way. And what you don't want to do is kind of let them close the gap so the games can have meaning down the stretch. So they won't talk about it, but I'm sure the coaching staff is well aware that the Eagles are gaining ground and beginning to find their way. So I think this is one where you simplify it, you encourage you guys to play fast, and I think ultimately they win on Turkey Day. Um, I would expect them to be able to dominate the Raiders, uh, even though it may be a little early and tight, uh, maybe tight early. I think they'll run away with it in the end. All right. We appreciate you uh, joining us, Bucky. You have a happy Thanksgiving. We're going to take our final break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk storylines. There's some storylines this game we want to hit and let you guys know what we think is going to happen uh, tomorrow. Cowboys versus Raiders. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it, for turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. Back to the break. Rowdy's holiday deliveries are now available, Derek. You can spread joy this holiday season with surprises and exclusive gifts from your favorite mascot. Book your holiday delivery today at DallasCowboys.com slash Rowdy. There we go. 
Merry Christmas. Welcome back. Final segment of the break, live from the SWBC Morgan Studios at the Star. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Cowboys will take on the Raiders. Will be, I would assume, a pretty decent amount of black and silver in the building as well. So... Should be a fun game. Should be an entertaining game. I'm hopeful. Uh, we got some storylines that we're going to... I would like an unentertaining game <laughs> in the other You want to be riding in the third quarter? Yeah, I want really? that. Like, Yeah, you're the one that's always saying that, and I'm like, yeah. just shut up and let the game happen. I want that. I would uh, like to... Okay. Look, I wouldn't be against that. I'm, I don't want to be stressed good with that out too, tomorrow. But, but it would be good to have a fun game. Just make it fun, at least for a little while. Beatdowns are fun. Sometimes. Oh, all the time. If the team that you <laughs> have to team? cover is the one doing it, yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's go storylines. we got a few that we need to hit for this game. Here's the first. If CD can't go tomorrow, which it sounds like he might be able yeah. to, they're, they're feeling like it might be a good chance. I want to kind of shed some clarity on what's going on okay. with that. Cause I, and I, I'm not trying to be condescending. I didn't know some of this stuff either, but we've had a chance to ask around. And, uh, you know, people get nervous when you're talking about a guy coming back from a concussion in four days and understandably so so what's going to happen today is as part of the concussion protocol you have to practice like you have to prove that you can go out on the field and do all of that this is after he's cleared all the tests all the cognitive tests from the time he got hurt at the stadium on sunday through now he has to practice he's going to talk to the cowboys medical staff and then he has to clear another test with an independent neuro neuro expert whatever doctor Mm -hmm. whatever that is um which he had to do that they still have the independent doctors on the sideline on sunday as well so that was part of it like um this is probably maybe not five years ago but like in recent history this is probably the type of concussion that he would have played through before the nfl continue to play in that game absolutely before the nfl put all of this stuff into place it was that type of deal um so today's today's big. He's going to practice, then he's going to have two more consultations or whatever. And if he clears all of that, he can play. But I do think it's worth noting, like, he has to get clearance from an independent person that's not affiliated with the Cowboys. It's not like their staff can be like, get out there, buddy. We yep. need you. So that's what's going to happen today. And that's by the end of the day, they will know. I don't know if it's going to be out in the public today, but, but they, will know. they should know by this evening whether or not he's going to be available tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, so that being said, let's assume for a second he doesn't fat pass that protocol. If CD can't go, do you expect Michael Gallup can handle the number one wide receiver role for this team? No, I do not expect that. I've seen it twice now. I don't think he's a number one receiver. Sorry for his agent because I know he's a free agent coming out and he, he needs to be able to prove that. I don't think he's a number one. And uh, I think he's much better as a number two, if not a three. But uh, he's a two. I mean, he's a two. Yeah. Just in this team, he's probably a three. But, um, you know, I think he can get paid like a number two. I don't think he's a number one. I don't think he's the type of guy that does everything as far as, you know, all the things you want from a receiver to the inside stuff, the outside. Um, he's going to have to, though. I mean, I mean, he's going to have to in this game. But, I mean, I don't think this is something – you can get by and maybe win a game doing it, but I don't think he's a number one receiver. I don't think so either. And to be fair to him, I don't think that he ever was. Like, I, I wasn't going into this season thinking Michael Gallup was going to play a season that would enable him to get paid like that. Like a mm-hmm. when you consider that Devontae Adams is going to be available this spring – He's, he was never getting a deal. Yeah, like but that. let's be clear. I, I'm not saying, and I'm not. No, I know. I know. That. Yeah. The the point is, good number twos can sometimes step into a number one role when pressed into duty. I'm asking, do you think he can do that for the for a for I, a I week? don't think that's the biggest question, though. Honestly, that's, okay. I don't, I'm I, a I, lot less worried about Mike. Yeah, I don't. I'm more yeah, I don't about, think. If the number five and number four can step into the other roles, then I think Gallup yeah. can shine. It's not about Gallup so much. It's just about Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson have got to come to play. If they can come to play, then I think Gallup can do his thing. But if they're not going to help, Gallup I don't think has a chance. What he said. That's I mean, Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's not that Mike can't handle that. I, and I would guess they're going to focus on him if CD's unavailable because he'll be the best receiver on the field. It's on yeah. the other guys to not do what they did Sunday. That's Mike, Michael Gallup, he didn't play a great game, but he, I mean, he did what he could do with the opportunities that were given to him. Like, I don't, I don't, he, he was saving their ass time after time in the early going of the game. He picked up both of their first two first downs, and, and it's not his fault Dak overthrew him really probably twice. True. So, 
I got nothing bad to say about Mike. It's the guys around him that need to step up if he's the one that the defense is focusing on. Yeah. Amber, well, would you go ahead? We, we've seen Dak have success with those other guys around him. But the thing is, who do they really scare? You know, with the opponent. And I, you come in as a defensive coordinator and you look at these receivers and it's like, oh, well, I don't know. That doesn't sound scary. We can definitely beat them. But this is one of those scenarios where you go back and you become appreciative in the way that Dak has handled his receiver course and, you know, offseason, practicing with them, even the, like, last string guys. So hopefully this is a game that those guys, like you guys mentioned, they can step up. We know he has a very good relationship with Dak, and we've seen it translate on the field. So they just need to clean their game up. You know, and I would throw in Malik Turner in there as well. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think he is he probably is, as a receiver it might be a little bit further along than like a Noah Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I like his game. I, I know we saw it there at the end, garbage time, and he's kind of the he, he's turned into the, sort of the garbage man a little bit at the end of the game. But that's I I'm with you, and in my head I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm ready to see more Malik Turner. Like Noah Brown deeply disappointed me as a longtime Noah Brown stand. Yeah. He deeply disappointed me on Sunday. But I do think there's something to the fact that Malik Turner is doing a lot of this. A lot of what sure. he's done this year is when the game's been decided but also, one way or the other. I think we should also take a little bit of a step back and say what we saw Sunday from this receiver core is not what we've seen most right. of the year. And I'm talking about Sed. I'm talking about Noah Brown. They've been pretty reliable in the roles that they've been given. And so my thought is settle in. And I think they can have better weeks this week than they did last week. I don't. I'm not really to throw them out yet. I think it was, I agree. It, that was just a bad game. It was I a agree. bad game all the way around. They just didn't play well. The and only thing is, like, we haven't seen it be fully on them 100. percent You yeah. know, if you have your other receivers, they've been guys that kind of go in and out in certain plays, and they have been well, successful at times. But I wonder, like, how much it really affects them when they're out there 100. percent Yeah, for, I mean, and that's. It's easy to say next man up, but yeah. those guys are fourth and fifth on the depth yeah. chart for but, a reason. But all that being said, I I think the the sentiment right now is that we expect CD to play in the game. Yeah. I, I are, we, are we done expecting players to play? I, I was about to we say did it last no. Week I've been doing it all year. We talked about it. it's hard to know this. Day. It's I, hard to get a read with this guy. Yeah, he's got to like you say he's got to pass these. Got to talk about both scenarios. I know. No, I I agree, and and that could happen. And let's not man knock on wood, but I mean he could play. And and not finish the game. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, anybody that could happen with anything. You know, I mean, he could play and and it just he ends up maybe taking a hit or whatever, and they're like, okay, you know what? Let's don't do this. So you have to be ready for that. And I, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No. What I do think we finally know is that Tyron Smith is going to play. Yeah. If I'm wrong about that again, I might just jump out of the press box. Um, right. But um, and what, the reason I bring that up is. I, this is a game where, if that is the case, if CD can't go, and I'm not, I'm not ready to say I expect him to play because okay. that's, first of all, it's, it's not a like fight through it issue. He has to clear their protocols. Yeah. yeah, and on top of that, it's burned me basically every other week this season where I'm like, yeah, I think he's going to yeah. play, and then I'm writing, please don't, I'm writing the, just, I'm writing the story tomorrow on. afternoon. Yes. CD Lamb will be yeah. inactive today. But if um, you, de- if I'm just saying, they wouldn't. They are taking all the steps to do that. He wouldn't have been in a meeting on, on Monday. He wouldn't have been on the field yesterday. You know, at the end, he wouldn't been doing the things if if, if he was having any issues. Unless I, there was some kind of setback. That's all that and, at and, this point. And there be. there could have been. But I I'll, all I know is, and I talked to Jim Mauer. I talked to Jim Mauer after this game Sunday, and he said we really like the where he is right now. Uh, and this is after the game. We like where he is. It was almost like. It was borderline of him having to sit out. Yeah, he's like, we we like where he is. William said he was fine. He did. So that's his his like William Boykins for those of you yeah. that know yeah. he works with us. Don't worry about it. His evaluation, hot boy. To hear it from people who that would might know. worry you then. If, if William said it, that <laughs> might, you might think it's a good point. William, if you're listening, <laughs> he's listening. William's fifty fifty. He's fifty fifty. Um, what was I going to say? Oh. To hear it from people who would know his evaluation in the was good. Like for a guy who just got concussed, it was good. To, that's why I said like eight, ten years ago, he probably goes back in that game, and that's 
a testament to how much people have changed their minds about the way that stuff works that they still wouldn't the, the, the protocols wouldn't allow him to go back in. And there's there, yeah, there's a couple of like little benchmarks that happen after a guy gets hit in the head or whatever that will keep you out of the game. And 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 it's very not minor. It's just it's it's basically do you feel a little dizzy or are you a little bit woozy? Yeah, I feel a little bit you're out. You're out, yeah. Just you're like out. That. I yeah. mean it's yeah. not which is the way it should be. Right. That's the way it should be. Right. So it's it's not I mean, God, I remember a game might have been before you were here, when when the Cowboys were playing the Bears and Witten so that happened with Witten and they, they were hiding his helmet. And right you know so. Most people know Jason Witten as the guy that's you know in the community, a nice guy, great interviews and all that. He can be a monster He's at times. And oh, man, I think he was trying to like really hurt some doctors or something. Maybe it might have been the independent doctor or something. <laughs> I remember something. They were just like, "Where's my helmet? Where's Betsy?" Like he was trying to find this helmet. <laughs> I, don't, I think he ended up getting back in. Yay! Oh, <laughs> Yay! Whitten. Those are the stories that like they sound great, and then you're just like. Mm. Right. Yeah. Oh man, I, I I'm not gonna say the name, but there was a player a few years ago that was playing at safety, and the teammates were like, he didn't know the last drive of the game. He didn't know anything that was happening. It, they were telling him where to line up and where to stand, and he just as they were driving, other team was driving for the win, and he's back there not even know. I mean, they won the game. They won the game, and and he didn't give up a touchdown. But like the last five or six plays, they were just like, you stand here. And just oh, do that. God, oh, imagine sick. somebody in the league office hearing that. And it's like, uh, uh-uh. mm. it was it was in the last sixty years. So there we find, go. Figure find it out. It. There's a lot of it. games, a lot of plays. The, All right, uh, real quick. Oh, go, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Just the reason I brought up Tyron Smith is, if CD can't play, I would hope that his presence allows you to completely change the way that you play this game. Like I'm taking the air out of the ball. I I got no I got no problem living in 12 personnel and trying to run for 200 yards tomorrow if and that, that, if CD can't go. And that's exactly where I was going to go with this cuz Dallas has not rushed particularly well in three of their last four games. Uh Tyron's missed the last three and a half games of that. He's now back. Uh, how much do you think that's going to help the running game? Do you think they can get back on track with having Tyron back in the lineup? Yeah, yeah, adding an all-pro to your lineup definitely helps. I mean, um, it stabilizes things. It allows you to help the left guard, whoever that is. He can seal off the backside. The Cowboys love to run to the right, right? Like, you're going to run off of Zach whenever you can. And But Tyron allows you to seal the backside of those plays so you're not getting dragged down from behind for one or two yards instead of five or six. But so. let me be clear. The question is not can they run better with with with, with him. The question is more just, do you think it's at a point now where they can go in and say, you know that we want to run, we're going to run, and they're still going to be able to impose their will and run? I don't think they're going to do that, though. I mean, I don't think they're going to just, you know we're going to run. I think just Tyron helps them run the offense. I think they can pass out of it. They can run. They, they're going to be mixed. They're not going to, Dak Prescott's not going to be running the football, taking the air out. I mean, I know it sounds good. I don't think they're going to do that. But we're talking about that in the context of you don't have your top two receivers. I don't think they're going to do that. You think they're still going so, in and they're trying well, to be just aggressive in the passing game? He, he, yeah. No, he, he's right. I mean, and I, I said take the air out of the ball by modern. NFL standards. Right. Yeah. This isn't college. Like you can't go in and telegraph that you're going to run and just do it anyway. You you could do that against the worst run defense in the league and probably still not be successful. So yeah, there's got to be an element of passing and misdirection and all that stuff. I just I'm saying and read the tea leaves too. It's obvious the Cowboys are disappointed that they got away from the run. Like Mike McCarthy really yeah. hasn't made any bones about it. I just think. They won't have a problem leaning on that and trying to let that dictate their game plan more so than they have in recent weeks. We're going with three trick plays in the game by the Cowboys. Mm. Three, and and I'm counting like I'm counting like that play that 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 Pollard had. That was kind of like a trick play, sort of that reverse fake and all that. I think you got to set something up with that too. Maybe pitch it back to Dak and let him throw or what or something. But I think two or three of those. Uh, they won't run the flea flicker and, until I'm I'm not here anymore. But they, it won't be that. Yeah, I, I just mean like they'll never do that. Oh. Well, I work for the Cowboys. I'm never going to see a flea flicker for the okay. Cowboys. I don't know why. I'm sorry. I am too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's about all you can say. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I'm I have a question for y'all. Though. What if they do it and it doesn't work? Will you be happy that they tried, or just like really? I waited 22 years and I got an incompletion to Cedric Wilson. 
Maybe. I want to see what happens the next time Zeke runs the ball. Okay. If Zeke comes back and runs like nine yards up the middle because the safety's kind of like, well, is he? Then okay. that it does. That's why I think I, I think it does a lot of things if you try it. Whatever. I better question, question is: Are you going to get kicked out of the press box whenever they do it? Yes. That will be the better question. Yes. Maybe. Well, I mean, I mean. Hopefully, it's at home, not on yeah. the road. Well, if Tyron doesn't play, I mean, Dave's already jumped himself out of the press box. <laughs> I so, mean, uh, the windows, a... the windows in the press box don't open anyway, so I can't do that. But I'll want to. I... Just jump into the window and see. Right. I have a big right. picture question. Yeah, that goes. Yeah. Okay. Go. Since I'm the host, um, no, <laughs> just kidding. Is this a must-win game for the Cowboys? No, no such thing as a must-win game until it's a must-win game. Until until mathematics get involved, yeah. like you're eliminated from something I'm if you, you don't it. win. Okay. Yes, I'll go against y'all. Uh, it is. I think it's a must-win must game. Win. You don't win this game. I don't know if they win the East. I'm serious. Well, but then it's not a must-win. Then so we kind of want it. Why we really need it? Why do you feel that way? I. I, I because they don't win this game, then they got three road games in a row. I think they'll go one and two in that stretch, and then I think it'll just be a dogfight for the rest of the um, just down the stretch. I could, I don't know. I just don't and have by a the way, feeling about this. I mentioned this if to they you don't the other day. I don't know if you guys have looked at what the Eagle schedule looks yeah, like down it's the terrible. stretch. They it's got not, I mean, two games against the, the Cowboys. Cowboys. Well, they got the two Cowboys. games against the Giants. They got two games against Washington, and they got a game against the Jets. Now, obviously, division games are division games. That's always in the Cowboys. Division games are very hard, no matter how good or bad the teams are. But you just look at the records of those teams. Those are some of the worst teams in the NFL record-wise that they have, and that's all they got left except for that last game against Dallas. Not only, but also you got to remember, I I don't like what the league did this year, where like everybody is waiting until Christmas to start their division schedule. Yeah, division. Like, it's going to be all division games pretty much in December. It's for kinda, a lot of teams. It's kind of boring. Like I don't think so. I'm it, not in that. Like it's going to create exciting games because you're going to be able to separate and stuff. But like. Like I think Kansas City's going like they went like they're going like Denver Chargers Denver mm-hmm. like everybody's doing everybody's that doing just, back, yeah these back to back I did like I want to see some apart. variation I, I want to see some different teams yeah. on the field I agree but I think what it does is that if somebody has an injury for six to eight weeks and they're struggling they're down let's say like Washington for instance like they they could be like well. We're down right now, but we still got the Cowboys twice. Like we could get back up into this thing just yeah. just yeah. because you got a lot of division games at the and end. And division games are hard no matter how good or bad teams are. So that's going to create a lot of I think a lot of upsets and situations where you have one team favored and it just kind of goes a different way. Sure. I think it's going to make for an ex- exciting December just because well, of that. And the flip side, like everybody's focused on Philly right now, and rightfully so. They're playing Washington twice in a span of three sure. weeks. So, like, there's going to be some cannibalization there or something. Like, you would think so, yeah. Because both of those teams are kind of hanging around in the Washington's periphery. one game behind. I think they're one game, one game behind like that. One or maybe two. I just, the to play devil's advocate to Nick point, Nick's point, you lose this game again, AFC opponent. It's the least damaging type of loss. You play a Saints team that, I mean, it's going to be tough, but missing a lot of guys don't have a true starting quarterback. Their offense is struggling, bad. and then they're they're going to have sort of a bye week. Like they're going to get like three or four days off in a row. They're going to start getting guys back. By the way. Lawrence, Gregory, all that type of stuff. You're going to lose guys too. Sure, you probably no, you will no, you will. will. You'll lose a key player. Still getting good players back, and then you have the whole division in front of you in December. I mean, sure, and you're already up two games in the division. After the great thing, after the way the season started, would it be disappointing to take care of business in the division and finish with the four seed? Sure. Is that still good? Yes, and so like. They could lose this game and still have everything out in I front agree. of them. Of course, it still they have is an everything. AFC team. Yeah, I, I get it. It's not mathematically a must-win game, but mentally, it, it's a it, it's a better win game. You better win this game. I yeah, do agree I'm, with I agree that. With better you. win I agree this game. If there's that. anything yeah. you really want to do, you want to be a team that's like, oh well, that was not us, and we need this and all that. Now you're getting you're getting tiring back, Dak. Show us that you're better than what you what you did the last. We're gonna start using that games. term. It's, it's a, a better, better win game. You better, better win. win. Yeah, it's a better win game. Need to Not win. So it must win, but it's a better win game. Got it. Well, it also makes me think. I forgot who said it. I think it was in one of those mixed shows that we did. I don't remember, but uh, someone was talking about the energy and how contagious it is. And when you are winning and performing the way that they have been in the stretch that they did, uh, you always have like even those players that are not so great. They 
perform better because they're pushing themselves. They want to be a part of the wings. They want to give the their all. You know, they care about it. So it makes me think, okay, how if they lose this game, how would that change and affect just like energy-wise, performance-wise, what happens on the field? I'm not saying they're not going to keep going out there and competing and, and going at it the same way, but it makes me wonder if it does change just kind of the mood and, and what you end up giving on that field mm-hmm. afterwards. All right, let's get to predictions. What's going to happen this Sunday? I'll start with you, Dave. <laughs> um. Nice. Yeah, three days out. is the think about it. No, stop, stop. <laughs> um, I just, I, it's this is gonna be this is gonna be a weird game. It's gonna be uh, a slow game, like just in terms of you're not operating with a full deck on offense. You just gotta get right. I think again, utilize the running game as much as you can. I don't think it's gonna be like this big flashy performance, but this Raiders team kind of feels like they're. Weird thing to say about a team that's won as many games as they have, but there's like some circling the drain potential there. And so I say it's not going to look like super pretty, but like 25 to 16, get out of there with a win. All right, Amber? Part of me doesn't want to pick them because I'm mad at them, but... <laughs> there we go. Do it. Obviously. Call them out. I'm mad at them. Call them no, out. No, I'll give them another week. <laughs> no, but um, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Big game, Thanksgiving Day. Uh, they're going to go out there, win. I don't think they're, they'll be completely dominant like they were in the last home game, but they'll leave with a win i'd probably say like 2014 something not that high scoring okay i got weird stuff happening but i do think the cowboys will will kind of turn it around and i think they win 31 22 right and i also think the cowboys will win i think cowboys i think it's gonna be one of those game games you said dave not that they're gonna just blow them out but i think that the the final score is gonna be one that you know, probably like a 27-16 kind of game where it's just kind of like they're just kind of playing around. It'll get like going. This. Cowboys will get a, get a lead, and then I don't like this uh, they'll just kind of coast to the, the finish line. I'm going to be thinking about this moment <laughs> in the third quarter when we all want to jump out of the press box. I just Again, this is one of those situations where I just think they're better, and I think last week we would have seen a different outcome if you, get, you give me either one, Amari or Tyron. If you give me Tyron this week, and let's assume CD's back, I feel like they're the better team. I feel like they'll get a win, and I don't, I, I don't think it'll be just a, a close game to through the end. I think the Cowboys are the better team. I think the Cowboys win. Okay. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on Monday. We'll let you know what went right and wrong. There will be no shows on Friday, uh, but we will be back on Monday, and we'll talk about the game then. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!